0: Good evening and welcome to Crypty. the show that covers all of your favorite stories on the paranormal, hidden history, conspiracy theories, and so much more. You can help spread the word. Share this on your favorite social media site. It would be a huge help to us, right, Ryan? Absolutely. As always, I'm joined by Ryan, and he has another podcast called Movie Howl that you guys should check out, too. He's going to kind of uh, be our expert critiquer here on uh, (laughs) the Demon House documentary.
1: Where did you watch it at?
0: Discovery Plus. All right. When
1: Zach Bagans, the host and executive producer of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel, read an indie star story about Latoya Ammons' allegations of demon possession inside a demon house in Gary, Indiana, he was hooked. Ammons claimed she and her three young children had been possessed by spirits inside the rental home from 2011 to 2012. The Gary Police Department and the Indiana Department of Child Services investigated. A priest performed exorcisms, and even some of the biggest skeptics were made into believers. Baggins made the 2018 documentary horror film *Demon House* about Ammons' strange tale. But who is Zach Baggins? So, do you do you uh, want to take a stab at describing Zach?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> as somebody who doesn't watch his stuff a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean he—he's a fairly normal-looking guy. You know, he kind of dresses the part. You know, uh, black clothes usually. Uh, he has some kind of glasses that he. I don't know the whole story behind it. Do you know the story behind it? He's got like special glasses now that he had to get after an encounter. I can't remember if it was one of the things in his museum or if it was actually at this demon house. It's
1: at this house. Yeah, it's part of like the prologue where he's talking about it at the end.
0: So he wears special glasses, Mm -hmm. but they look good. You know, it's a style. I wear glasses too. Uh, Usually in a, uh, I guess a trucker hat kind of thing or a fedora uh kind of a soft-spoken monotone individual Mm -hmm. but a marketing genius
1: yeah yeah if he has one superpower it's somehow turning looking for ghosts into a multi million dollar empire
0: yes many multi-million dollars let's see how much he's worth i looked it up but i i forget he's doing quite well for himself Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't begrudge anybody that. Oh, wow. He's worth $30 million. Mm. That's not bad, right? That's
1: not bad, no. I'd take it.
0: And still earning. Right. Anyway, no, I was was saying Ghost Adventures is as real as the news. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's kind of a showman. Mm Kind of have to be. I've been ghost hunting. It is extremely boring. It is hard to try and translate it in actual investigation as to something you would really want to watch for an hour and a half or whatever so
1: yeah one of the things that i liked about ghost hunters when they first came out was how often they'd found nothing Mm -hmm. like it it just made it seem a lot more believable to me that i don't know that that they that it was real you know, if you're not actually finding anything, like if you were faking it, why would you have so many episodes where you don't find anything? True. Or so many episodes where you're like, oh, this weird noise you hear at night is your ice maker. It's it's dropping out an ice cube at 1130 at night when you guys have just gone to sleep or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. If you can find, you know, more, I guess, worldly uh, answers to what people are considering hauntings, then that goes a long way to show credibility too. But
1: But yeah, ghost hunters always had this sort of procedure that they went through. It was very similar. Every time they meet with a family or meet with some person who wanted them to investigate and they would, you know, kind of hear what they were experiencing, like the specific things, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's a bump noise here, this thing moves, stuff like that. Ghost adventures tends to be a little bit more, Abstract. I mean, there's still that. There's still, like, we hear this kind of noise, or we hear, you know, we experience these things. But a lot of the times with the original, like, first couple seasons of Ghost Hunters, they'd be like, oh, well, that could be this, this could be that. And if there was any possibility that it could be explained by something other than something paranormal, they always took that explanation. Right. You know, they'd be like, oh, this, this thing doesn't really look like that or sound like that, but it's happening in a similar way or at the right time or right place or whatever. So we're just going to assume that that's it. But then later on, they, I think they admitted to faking stuff. Oh, and with ghost adventures, there were originally two. Now I never really watched the show until I started dating Kim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was really into it. I would seen it before a little bit. Like I remember seeing it on, at, in, in like a hotel, <laughs> Hmm. i was traveling for work and i turned on the tv and it was on like that's the last time i remember seeing it before we got together but since then yeah i've learned that there were originally two hosts nick whose name i don't remember but i think it was nick and then zach and nick wound up leaving because he said that the i don't know if it's that they were being pressured to fake evidence or Hmm. just kind of like you know, hype up their reactions a lot more than they naturally would have been, you know, not just be like, oh, did you, like, be quiet, did you hear something? But to like, oh, my God, like, South Park did a thing years ago where they made fun of Ghost Hunt or Ghost Adventure. No, yeah, it was Ghost Hunters. It was Ghost Hunters because it was old South Park. Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, my God, did you hear that? All right, tell us what we got this week, Chris. We're going to Colorado to investigate celebrity paranormal. Wait, what, what was that? What was that? I heard it too. It was like a, like a, is there a ghost here? The fact that they always seem to find something or they always think they find something and there's not a ton that goes into debunking kind of, uh, bothers me a little bit. Mm And I know we're kind of skipping ahead. We were going to talk more about whether or not we feel like the show is real later, but what's your, what's your feeling on it?
0: I honestly have not watched ghost adventures for more than a couple minutes and it wasn't because i thought they were faking something or anything like that it was just boring to me so i really don't know but i know a lot of people like it so it's got to be good i mean
1: it's very entertaining yeah and a lot of it's entertaining because of the people like sometimes zach gets up to weird stuff he'll i don't know there's like an episode that i remember where he's they're in I don't even know some like old timey kind of place like super old fashioned like very and he like he's getting in that mood and he's like running around like reciting poems to girls and stuff like that and just being you know weird and then he ends up like slipping on the ice outside and like busting his ass and it's just really entertaining
0: the whole way now was he possessed when he was doing this I have my doubts yeah It is what it is. You know, it's it's okay, I guess. Mm. But just not for me. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I think are quality that I just don't like for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. What happened in the demon house in Gary, Indiana? So we talked about Latoya Ammons. In her interviews that I've seen, she seems very believable. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would think I think that everybody they interviewed seemed fairly
0: believable except the guy when they first got to the house and he's like I'll tell you some stories, tell you some story. We're going to get into this. You know like slip me a couple hundreds and I'll tell you whatever you want.
1: Right, he goes first we got to have some kind of agreement. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's that's like, what he said. He's like, "Well, what do you mean you're going to tell me stories? She said there's nothing." It's like he's like, "Well, that's her story."
0: <laughs> it's like, right. "All
1: right, so you're just trying to sell me something now."
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so she claims that she and her three children were possessed by demons in her home, which is in, I guess, Gary, Indiana, Northwest mm-hmm. Indiana. And they were renting the house. They didn't buy it. So, you know, that's a good thing. Maybe hey, yeah. uh, if, if you suspect that you're moving into a haunted place, maybe do a you know couple months lease before you... Make the big splash and purchase it. But anyway, she says after they arrived, uh, she told this to Indie Star that uh, despite cold December temperatures, large black flies swarmed their screened in porch. And they kept coming back, even when the family, quote, killed them and killed them, Ammon's mother, Rosa Campbell, again told Indie Star. So I don't know. There's a lot of explanations for insect infestation but Hmm. then what happened
1: well from there it got even stranger campbell and ammons heard footsteps on the basement stairs late at night the basement and kitchen doors creaked open unassisted and then they claimed the demons got to the three children they told Indie star that the kids eyes bulged their voices deepened and they sported evil smiles while possessed the 9-year-old boy described what it felt like to be killed and walked up the wall in the presence of family case manager and hospital nurse and this is part of the documentary too they have like a little bit of a dramatic reenactment but they the family and the caseworkers say that the kid just i forget what they said that he told them but he was speaking in a strange voice and the grandmother was there and she's like you're you know you're not him or whatever like you're not
0: yeah not my grandson
1: whatever and yeah and they just walked backward up the wall
0: yeah i'm not sure if that's a 100 percent how it happened but later as people were trying to explain it away they're like oh him and his like i think he was holding his mom's hand right Hmm. and they said that they performed some sort of you know gymnastic feat of mom holding her son up against the wall or or whatever. It's silly to me to think that, yeah, they you know, they're gymnasts now.
1: That would take a lot of upper body strength for a little kid to do that too.
0: Right. A nine-year-old. Right. And, and with his mom. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the way it's presented, it's just that she was holding his hand. Not that she was like holding him up by like both of his hands. You know what I mean? Like right. propping him up. Yeah. That she was just in contact with him as he did it
1: Uh, the seven-year-old clenched his hands around his brother's his older brother's throat and wouldn't let go until an adult pried him off the 12-year-old girl floated above the bed while unconscious according to the family the police investigated and the indiana department of child services intervened dcfs found ammons guilty of neglect for not sending her children to school regularly they told ammons to find a job and appropriate housing and cared for her three children while she did She regained custody of her children six months later and the family moved to a new home with no reports of demons. The case was closed in February of 2013.
0: Good for her. I mean, I, I can't imagine losing my kids and I don't know how difficult it is to get them back once you've lost them, but I feel like it's a horrific process, you know, filled with red tape and all kinds of requirements.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine.
0: But good for her. So, you might be thinking what does demon possession feel like? There's something going on here. Something evil. Do you love true crime? Can't get enough? You need to check out Exploring Evil, the true crime podcast that covers lesser known and international serial killers, bizarre murders, and murders with a paranormal twist. Did you know there was a serial killer who only killed murderers and pedophiles? The real life Dexter is covered in a recent episode of Exploring Evil. You can find Exploring Evil on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Hey, my name is Ryan. And I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie MovieHell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of MovieHell is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy, and if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated.
0: So Ammons, again, in her Indie Star interview, said that she felt, quote, weak, lightheaded and warm, end quote, while she was possessed. Her body shook. The 12-year-old girl told mental health professionals that she was paralyzed and felt like she was being choked. She said, you can tell it's different, something supernatural. So we've covered this a lot, but. Uh, Ryan you just want to run them through what an exorcism is just in case they uh they don't know
1: an exorcism is essentially like the explain it to me like I'm five version is it's just a religious ceremony intended to use or evoke the power of God or potentially you know whatever your particular religions deity is or primary spirit or you know whatever i'm sure there are rites in all different religions but typically we're thinking about christianity and catholicism but they use jesus and god you know the holy trinity to drive demons out of people but they also sometimes use it to drive demons out of like homes as well
0: right boom all right so do you want to tell him about reverend michael Maginot
1: boy do i A priest told Indy Star that the exorcisms the Reverend Michael Maginot performed on Ammons and her family were the first authorized by the Bishop of the Catholic Church's Diocese of Gary in his 21 years of service. Before the major exorcism Maginot performed on Ammons, he prayed over her and made appeals to cast out demons. He named the demons tormenting Ammons during the ritual after she looked their identities up online. While apparently the computer kept shutting down because he claimed the names had power. Then he cast out the demons while holding a crucifix against Ammon's forehead. She convulsed violently and told Star that the pain was as intense as giving birth. Maginot performed three major exorcisms on Ammon's, two in English and the last one in Latin in June of 2012. So, was there really
0: a demon in the house? I don't know, but I question looking up demons on Google if you're a priest. I feel like there should be a book... Or something, you know, like an old leather bound book that's beaten to death. And, you know, it's 500 years old, something right. like that
1: from like the Evil Dead movies or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't feel comfortable with uh, Googling the demons like, you know, I, I just can't imagine standing over one. You've got a crucifix in one hand and your iPhone in the other hand. And you're like, wait a second. Wait a second. All right. Like,
1: hold on. I'm not getting any service here. I can't refresh the yeah. page.
0: I'm doing a Google image search on you right now buddy in big trouble <laughs> then the demon responds ha, 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 google works for me
1: yeah no kidding that's what i was thinking actually the demons probably have better seo than the legitimate sources
0: absolutely all right so was there really a demon in the house well of course baggins has no other explanation he said Something was inside that house that had the ability to do things that I have never seen before. And that was in an Indie Star email in 2016. So, Indie Star, you know, if you want to do some further reading on this, Indie Star is apparently the place to go, right? Definitely seems so. All right. There was something there that was very dark, yet highly intelligent and powerful. He was looking in a mirror.
1: Gary police
0: captain Charles Austin told Indy Star in 2014 that he initially thought Ammons and her family were liars, out to get rich. But then he visited the home, interviewed witnesses, and came out, quote, a believer. Maginot, the priest who performed the exorcism, told Indy Star he was also convinced. I would hope so. I mean, I, I guess... In the end, if he thought it was BS, it would be better for him to come out and say, no, 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 no. This was a mistake, you know? Yeah. You know, once you've spilled the milk, though, it's kind of, I don't know. It it would look bad on the Catholic Church if they authorized an exorcism and then found out, oh, no, they were just all crazy or whatever. There was black mold in the house. Who knows? Where's your girl? My girl, Latoya Ammons. Latoya Ammons.
1: Ammons, her mother, and her children live in Indianapolis without fear. No fear. According to Star in 2014. Both Ammons and Maginot signed movie deals separate from the Bagans film with Evergreen Media Holdings in 2014 with Lee Daniels set to direct.
0: Follow the money.
1: Yep, and that's a big part of the documentary too. They can't get certain people to talk to them and... That's because they've already got movie deals, so that's that was part of the Amityville horror thing too. Mm-hmm. People thought it was all to get a movie deal after a while or to you know to to become famous in some way, yeah, so I feel like it it took quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. and there are people that are outside of the family who are involved mm-hmm. you know who've you know said the same thing, backed them up. I mean, and in the documentary, you see cops show up to the house and they're talking like, no, we've got files on this house. We know what this is. You should burn this house down mm-hmm. or tear it down or whatever they said.
0: It's a good documentary. I mean, Demon House is a worthwhile watch for sure. I mean, it's been out for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How would you compare it to uh, a ghost adventure so I can get a better sense of what ghost adventures is like? Okay, so I actually think this was a lot
1: better than a typical ghost adventures episode. Mm-hmm. I don't love ghost adventures i watch it for the entertainment value i don't really feel like i get a lot from it it's kind of like empty galleries so to speak okay but this i mean there are good episodes of ghost adventures for sure but how many are there there's like hundreds isn't there yeah there's like 20 something seasons although sometimes they do like two seasons a year and then they have these specials that aren't part of it or whatever yeah it's 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 a lot There's a lot, but they've also been doing it a really long time, too. It's not like they've cheated their way to having a ton of seasons. They just have a release schedule, so it's not exactly one season per year. Gotcha. Usually there's more of, like, walking around. You know, it's more in-the-moment stuff because they're only there for a day or so. Mm -hmm. So there's more, you know, Billy, Zach, and Aaron, and maybe Jay, a little bit, like, walking around trying to figure out you know, we should go to different places. We'll do EVPs. We'll do spirit box sessions. We'll do all these different things like the typical standard stock stuff that ghost hunters do now. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of that started from ghost hunters and continued with ghost adventures. Uh, there was a lot less of that here. I actually don't know. Oh my God,
0: what's happening? <laughs> you sound like a demon. <laughs> I cast you out. Yeah, I don't remember if there was,
1: I'm not sure if there was any, like, spirit box stuff or EVP sessions in this documentary at all. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just things that they caught by accident. They brought that, that investigator in who was measuring, like, EMF readings in different places, and he was finding that it was really high near Zach at this one point, and when Zach moved, it went away. And he was saying the readings that were coming off of him were 8 to 12 million times what you would normally expect. He said you wouldn't even be able to measure it with one of those sensors, like the magnetic field that naturally comes off a human body. And yeah, then that guy gets sick. There's interviews and sort of testimonials from all these people who are saying that, you know, they experienced things or they had things follow them home that they would hear barking in the house when they had no dogs and there were no dogs around
0: oh man that's bad enough when you do have dogs i'd be pissed i do not want ghost dogs
1: like they had a ton of stuff to talk about without having to do all that stuff
0: i i also
1: feel like it's one of the rare like zach bagans projects that paid off Hmm. because of the way it ends and i guess this we could say spoiler alerts, and you know go watch it if you don't at all want to know what happens. And we'll give you three, two, one to tune out. Okay. So he locks himself in the house, literally has the house boarded up with him and with himself inside. Right. Mm-hmm. He has like some basic, like, it looks like thrift store furniture moved in. I think partially to make the house more livable. Cause I don't know how long he planned to stay in there, mm-hmm. but also probably just to make it more like ambiance, yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess like if, if the, whatever's there is haunting a house, like haunting a completely empty house is probably a little bit different, you know, just to make it seem like there's somebody there, maybe stir up some of the activity. That's kind of what I would think. Sure. Cause a lot of the time when we read about hauntings, it's when people are doing things like that, when they're either renovating or they're moving stuff in and out, that's when things kind of start to amp up. True. But he uh, boards himself in and he's just kind of exploring He's like, you know, I've got my phone. I have I can text with the team. It's showing there's a text that he sent to one of the guys. Like, I don't want to go lights out in here. This is already creepy. And I, mm. I imagine it would be in a completely silent house that you're not very familiar with
0: and in you're the middle of the night up. in an
1: unfamiliar part of the country. Yeah, completely boarded up. Like, that would be very unsettling anyway. And up until this point, what we've seen is that the whatever's there can affect people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It will cause like mood swings you see it happen with zach a couple times which is one of the things i never buy in ghost adventures it maybe it really is genuine but a lot of the times you know one of the other guys will be like oh man i feel kind of nervous right now Mm -hmm. and zach will be like oh i feel so nervous i feel terrified yeah. Or one of the guys will be like, oh, I'm getting kind of like aggravated. Exactly. Be like, I want to rip your face off right now. <laughs> it's like whatever it is. He just does like he's,
0: he's more aggravated.
1: Yeah. He goes to like this hyperbolic place with it.
0: It crossed my mind when he was kind of going after the cameraman or whoever was in the house with him. Like maybe he didn't know the cameras were going and he's just a dick like that in real life. Like Ellen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, he could have gotten canceled. The ghosts would have leaked the footage on like Twitter or something. Absolutely.
0: Why not? Well, where can they watch it?
1: It is available to stream via Amazon Video or rent or buy on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Movies or on Discovery Plus.
0: Yeah. And Discovery Plus, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I really could not care less about. On there, you know, like home and garden shows and stuff like that. But there's a lot of good paranormal and archaeology shows and stuff like that. So and you get to see Josh Gates.
1: Yeah, Josh Gates is one of the main reasons I'm actually subscribed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the movie I actually think is a documentary. This one's really good as far as like the standard that these ghost shows typically set. Because we have a good backstory. And we have a lot of information. Right. And then we follow them. Like they took their time with it. This is something they did over the course of, you know, probably months, right? Yeah. Because acquiring the house and then going there, and they drive 150 miles just to try to find uh, Latoya mm-hmm. because she won't return their calls. She won't, you know, they don't know where she's living, but they see her on the news being interviewed for something else and they like notice you know, a, a house number or whatever, and they managed to track her down by that, and that's how they meet the boyfriend that you were ta- Boyfriend or brother, whatever it was that you were talking about, who's like, oh, you know, I've got stories to tell you, but we have to have an agreement first.
0: Was that her brother? I thought, like, when they got there, there were squatters in the house. That was... Oh, no, you're... Yeah, no,
1: no, you're right, you're right. I'm mixing them up. I'm mixing up the squatter with the brother or whatever like where latoya is living hey you're right when he gets to the house that's the guy that does it yeah the one who's living with them we probably whatever listeners we have that are that are still with us are probably like oh thank god he realized he was making that mistake yeah (laughs) when they go to find latoya the i think it's a brother like yeah because he's saying the kids are his nieces and nephews he tells them stuff that's going on like he'll tell them some of the stuff that he'd heard about or some of the stuff he'd seen you know they're afraid to let Zack in then they're afraid to let him back in cuz he's been around Zack who's been in the house and they're afraid that they're going to like get some like contact demon off of him <laughs> that's good and yeah it's the squatter who's like oh yeah I got some stories cuz the one the the female squatter says she never experienced anything there mm-hmm. but the boyfriend or f- husband or whatever he is It's like, oh, no, I got stories, but we got to have an agreement. Like he said that they tried to get signed as part of this movie deal. But since they're not legally there, they have no Mm -hmm. lease. They don't they can't officially say like, oh, these are the residents of that house now. And here's what they're going
0: through. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I mean, it squatters. I I just it's a credibility issue from the start.
1: Well, especially when the first thing he does is say, like, I can tell you stories, but i have to get paid essentially
0: right but
1: i mean they have this background they have latoya her kids the previous owners or residents and their kid her kids the squatters the police you know there's a lot of people the priest the social worker all of them kind of back up that story apart from the squatters i would say they're Testimony is unreliable. Yeah, since they have a conflict of interest, they wanted to get paid for telling stories, so they're probably going to give stories whether they're true or not. Mm -hmm. But they have a decent amount to go through. Yeah, and they bring in, you know, people. They're talking about personal experiences during that. They have footage of their one uh, camera operator kind of losing his shit. (laughs) He said that he had gone to the. Well, they have like security camera footage of him where he like kind of gets. I don't know, disoriented and sits down and then he is kind of walking around the house and trying to avoid people and just acting really strangely. And it could have been put on for the security cameras, but nobody else that's there in the shot is paying any attention to him. Yeah, They're just all doing their own thing. Like, they're messing with their gear and making sure everything's set up or whatever else they're doing. And he says that he sees, like, this goat man in the (laughs) elevator (laughs) and just... Like, his life goes in a totally different direction after that. I don't know. I find a lot of that very compelling. It feels very real. Like, it feels a lot more real than the typical, like, I'm nervous. Oh, I'm terrified. Or, you know, did you hear that? And you don't hear anything. Or you take just, like, some random noise that could be handling noise on a little recorder and try to say that it said something. You know, the few EVPs that they catch, they're not trying to catch. Like, they're not doing an EVP session. They catch something on like their normal audio where they hear a voice that says run Latoya.
0: Yeah. I'm a little skeptical on that one.
1: Yeah. But it was something that they were supposedly catching unintentionally. Yeah. And I feel like if they wanted to fake it, they would have done an EVP session. Like they've done a million times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right about that. I mean, unless that would make it more exciting to the yeah. viewers.
1: Unless Zach is more of a genius than we realize, and he's like, oh no, this will fuck with him. Yeah. We won't even like do the EVP session. It'll just be on there. Or the weird, you know, footage that they catch of that shadow in the bathroom as they pan by it. Just, I don't know. Not something that they're looking for, but they catch anyway. And then for me, really, it comes down to the end. Like that, I don't know, that noise that you hear. When he's sitting on the bed. Do you remember the end? Did you make it all the I, way to the no, end? No,
0: I didn't. No, I fell asleep. <laughs> Not because it was bad, but because, like, I put it on at, like, 11. So, the very end, he's been walking
1: around the house. You know, he's locked in there. The The policeman that he's been talking to has already told him, like, you need to, like, if you're doing this, like, call me if there's any problem, and I will make sure somebody gets here to get you out of this house. Right. And Zach's, you know, he's like, it's just creepy in here. It's weird, but nothing's really happening. And he's, you know, kind of shows this different footage and like stuff sped up. So he's just kind of sitting in this place, sitting in that place, pacing around, looking around, going down to the basement, coming back up. And he goes and sits on the bed because he's put a bed in one of the rooms Mm -hmm. and he's sitting there and he's got one of the cameras going, but no lights on. From what we can tell like it looks like there's a view from a security camera and then a view from the like handheld one that he has mm-hmm. and there's this like really like it it's making my skin crawl to think about this noise that he hears it's like this cross between a growl and a howl it's a very strange sound that sounds like it's coming from outside but then i don't know to my ear on this because I, I rewound it you know this time that I was watching it too just to, like hear that sound again and it sounds as though it's coming from maybe the basement of the house or maybe down the hall in another room something like that mm-hmm. and he he starts you know he's sitting sideways on this bed and he he puts his feet up and he starts like pushing himself back towards the wall like trying to get away from it mm-hmm. and he's like back away back away like talking at whatever it is. You know, whether it's a person messing with him or whatever, but he and he just like chucks a flashlight or something at it. And while this is happening, the camera that's sitting on the bed next to him that he was filming with, and he's no longer filming with, like he's not pointing it anywhere anymore. He's just like staring out the hallway with whatever little light there is. Mm-hmm. And the camera goes slightly out of focus as though it's like focusing on the blankets in front of it right. rather than the hallway. Mm-hmm. And this dark figure just passes in front of it as he's like freaking out and throwing shit and yeah it's the climax of the whole thing and after that sighting he gets into he said it was a shadow that seemed to emerge from the wall and just pass by the room Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he said that um he began experiencing like really bad pain in his eyes and that they started to cross and that he had a bunch of you know, CT scans and things like that back in Vegas where they all live. And also in California, nobody could explain what had happened mm-hmm. and that any surgeries would risk blinding him. So mm-hmm. that's why he wears those glasses. Cause Kim and I actually wondered that for a while before this documentary came out. Cause all of a sudden he started wearing glasses and I was like, is he, they don't seem to magnify anything. Like, is he just wearing those to look smart? Yeah. And no, apparently they're doing it to correct this like, like, cross-eyed thing he's got going on to stop him from having double vision
0: yeah that's a weird thing i don't know it's interesting that it ended on a shadow person because we're gonna have an episode coming out about Mm. shadow people so
1: but yeah for me i mean it's so different from a regular ghost adventures episode it seems way more believable you know the whole thing of the autofocus on that camera suddenly not working right Mm-hmm. I don't know how they would have faked that because the type of camera they use, it's almost, I think it's exclusively autofocus. Huh. You know, it's, it's, it's not like a, like most YouTubers are filming using DSLRs yeah, or mirrorless or whatever, where they're focusing it sometimes automatically, but sometimes manually. Like these are like your standard camcorders. Mm-hmm. There's no manual focus on most of those. So
0: now let me bring this up though. If you have the resources that he has, why wouldn't you have like a thermal camera and not necessarily, you know, motion picture cameras in there, but the top cameras that you can buy for, you know, a camcorder or whatever? I,
1: I don't know for certain. I mean, I know that there's probably just like a limit. It's probably one of those things where it's like diminishing returns.
0: Man, if I got thirty million in the bank, I'm getting some good cameras.
1: Yeah, but I mean, movie cameras are really expensive, and movie cameras that can do night vision are really, really expensive. Like, like really way more expensive than you would probably think. Because I know, like, a red cinematic camera can be a hundred thousand dollars or more. Yeah, yeah. And especially if they're carrying them around and hauling. I mean, and I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, like, if they're sure. If you're hauling stuff into like crawl spaces under houses, it makes more sense to use like a Sony Handycam with, uh, you know, some kind of special functionality than something huge like that.
0: You know how the night vision works? They actually have a filter that they put on cameras so they don't have night vision.
1: Yes, I actually did know that.
0: Yeah, and the Sony night vision, they're just like, boom click the filter off, and you've got night vision. Yep.
1: Yeah, th- I, there was a website that I saw, like, 15 years ago where you could buy night vision still cameras. Mm-hmm. And they were just, like, canon point-and-shoots that they had pulled that filter off of.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so the documentary uh, was actually released in March of 2018. It's mm-hmm. weird that they didn't wait until Halloween time, but... Hmm. Anyway, it's got a 33% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but there's so much stuff on Rotten Tomatoes that they say is horrible that I like and stuff that they say is brilliant that I don't like. So,
1: yeah, it's almost you you should basically assume that the critic score is the inverse of what it actually is right. showing you. Like if they rate it really poorly, it's probably pretty good. If they rate it really good, it's, I mean, it might be good, but a lot of the times it just means it's like a pretentious artsy fartsy film with some kind of political agenda.
0: Totally. I mean, there's a lot of movies that I've seen that I'm like, they'll spend 10 minutes on one scene that is of nothing important. And then they'll jump to a super important scene and it'll be like two seconds. Yeah. I just,
1: I just watched the movie stalker. Which uh, is not familiar. It's a Soviet movie from 1979.
0: Oh, well, why didn't I know that? It's based
1: <laughs> off another, it's based off a book called uh, Roadside Picnic. So, okay. the the basic plot of the book, as far as I can tell, I haven't read it. I would like to.
0: Bucket list.
1: Is aliens have at some point come to Earth. Mm-hmm. And they essentially just like stopped here, like quick picks up, and they left but they left stuff behind
0: looking glass technology.
1: And there's this zone now. And when you go into the zone, like weird things happen because of this stuff that the aliens left behind. Like it's junk to them, but like miraculous to us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, there's a market for these artifacts and these strange things that come out of there. And the book is apparently much more explicit about what everything means and where it's from than the movie is. But So in Stalker, you're following a guy who is a stalker, which means he can get into this zone. Like the military of this country, I know it's a Soviet movie, but I think the movie's actually supposed to take place in like a fictitious country. They don't specifically say where it is. Right. Um. But it's this zone that the military have set up a perimeter around. You know, there was what they thought was a meteor crash years before. They started sending soldiers in, you know, to see what happened, and none of them ever returned. Mm-hmm. And so then they set up this zone. And one of the things that happens is well, okay, so it's, a, it's something you learn about in the movie as well, but there's a wish granter in the zone. And it's something that people want to go to, but it's really dangerous to get there because the landscape is changing. Time is changing. Like all sorts of things are happening. And stalkers are people who have learned and passed down this knowledge of how to get in there. Right. Okay. So the stalkers are hired to take people in to look for stuff or to find this wish grantor. And there's one particular instance where I think it's a stalker himself goes in to try to help his brother who's dying. And when he leaves the zone, like, you just go into this room. You don't have to say your wish or anything. You just have to concentrate on it. And when you leave, it'll happen. So he leaves and he goes home. And instead of living in this normal little house, he's living in this giant mansion and his brother's dead. Ah. Because what he truly wanted, Mm. like, what was true to his personality was he wanted to be wealthy. Yeah. So that's what it did. It didn't give him the thing he asked for it gave him the thing he truly desired and it's a really interesting movie and it has a lot of like really deep things to say but it is so fucking artsy Mm -hmm. the first 10 minutes of the movie is the guy waking up yeah like there are 10 minutes before the guy gets out of bed and puts on his pants
0: waiting for that morning
1: wood to go down and that's the kind of thing that they might be great but that was a, It's a really long segue to get back to stuff that is really highly rated, even stuff that's part of the Criterion collection, is mm-hmm. not for everybody. Right. Because some of it is so slow and so boring, and they're just like, they love the look of the shots they're getting, so they just linger on them forever. Yeah. But maybe maybe somebody will want to watch Stalker now. <laughs> If you like subtitles, or if you can deal with subtitles, it's probably worth a watch. It's a long movie though; it's like two hours and forty-one minutes, something like that. Wow! And it's all subtitled, and two of the guys sound really similar, so it's hard to tell who's talking, especially when they have really like distant shots.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, that sounds great, Ryan.
1: <laughs> anyway i i actually did like this documentary i like the way it ended it's a very unlike a ghost adventures episode the technology that they used was different a lot of it was more like the things they were experiencing in the moment it's it's more like they went in for an investigation and stuff just happened to. Them. yeah you know people got sick people got hurt their one camera guy kind of went off the deep end the scientist that was helping them started having really serious medical issues zach started having medical issues You know, there, there is more of like the traditional ghost hunting stuff in the second part of it, the episode two portion, which is like their, you know, additional, they call like found footage or whatever, but it's their, you know, like extras or deleted scenes. Right. But I think they did a decent job with it. It's entertaining, if nothing else, but it's, it's the only one that I've really been shaken by a little bit where it's like, all right, maybe that's real.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's worth a watch.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: What did one critic call it?
1: One <laughs> one critic called it Patent Balderdash. But another praised it in, in what way?
0: It's Crawling Sense of Escalating <laughs> Paranoia. But is it Patent Balderdash or Patent Balderdash?
1: Oh, it might be Patent, you know?
0: No, it's Patent. You said Patent. Oh.
1: Did I say Patent? You did. Oh, see, I even mixed up a way I thought I did it. <laughs>
0: I don't know. That's alright. <clears throat> anyway, any other final thoughts? No, I think
1: I've gone on about it enough. I It's just I'm used to doing like a movie critique and just talking through it and all that. And it's I feel unbalanced. That's funny. Because that wasn't what the whole thing was. But I think, yeah, I think it's worth like you said, it's worth a watch. And it's on several different streaming services. But I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where if you think too much about it, it might stick with you. Like, ghost adventures in general is pretty light. They come in, quick adventure, and then they leave. Right? This quick is a adventure. little bit more than that. Yeah, it's quick adventure. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, he tears the house down. Right. And one of the cops that he's talking to before that is like, there, there are two cops that he's talking to in one scene, and the one is saying, like, you should tear this down, and the other one's like, no, don't tear it down. Imagine what this thing must might be plugging. Like, this might be stopping stuff from coming out. Like, they're getting stuck here. So, like you were saying when we were talking earlier before we recorded, like, "Hmm, they're free now.
0: Yeah, they're all free. And he's probably selling pieces of rubble from the uh, foundation at his uh, museum. Put them on a necklace.
1: At his haunted museum.
0: I don't know. That's all I've got. I guess that's all we've got for you tonight on Cryptique. Now, I was going to have our guest send us out, but... Since I have Ryan, a man who sings at public urinals, tell them what they need to know.
1: <laughs> All right. That I don't do. That is a, that is a bald-faced lie. What <laughs> I do, though, is I practice my Mr. Krabs impression in the walk-in cooler at the bar. Oh, that's awesome. And that is a true story. I've been caught doing that <laughs> by my employees. I will turn and look, and there will just be a little face in the door like, Hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> oh, That's great. And actually, you know what? There is one thing I should mention. Part of the reason that Kim wanted to be on here initially, so I didn't say it earlier. I was just like, eh, there's no great reason. She's just nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to have her on podcasts before, and she just like gets in her own head about people listening. But part of her experience growing up was living in a, a fairly old house that had been in her family for several generations. Okay. And she has all these stories about... You know her TV turning itself on, which can happen. You know, my sure. I, I had stuff turn on. Anything triggered by IR can turn on on its own, given the right lighting circumstances. Sure. But she's talked about stuff running without batteries or without being plugged in. She's talked about seeing shadow people in that house. Mm. But the thing that gets me and that I think probably resonates with her most from this documentary, because we couldn't touch on everything that happened. But there, there are portions where they talk about the kids being affected and the Mm -hmm. kids will not remember the stuff they do. Mm -hmm. Like um, the original or previous owner, not Latoya, not the one who's famous for being haunted there, but the one before that she shows up. Like she's just kind of checking stuff out and they go out and talk to her and bring her and her kids in. And the daughter ends up having to have an exorcism because she starts behaving really strangely. Her voice is different and she's telling her mother that she's going to kill her. Right. So they bring her back to Father Maginot and he does an exorcism and then it's presumably done. Kim had similar experiences as a kid. She would have sort of like lost time. You know, her family would tell her that she would kind of walk around and do things, strange tone of voice. She would say strange things or threaten people. And she believes pretty strongly that she was being affected by something in that house. Cause she said if she would leave the house for any period of time, like this, you know, dark heavy feeling would just sort of lift after a while. Like people who don't take this kind of thing seriously. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody who doesn't believe is going to take it particularly seriously, but she's in a unique position where she has been affected by it.
0: You mm-hmm. know, she's
1: not the one being threatened. She's the one being used to do the threatening. Hmm you know she's under the influence of something else
0: well tell us some stories you got any other stories
1: no no i don't really have any other stories she doesn't really go into it very much and i don't think it's something that happened a lot it's just she thinks that that there's something in that house or on that land that has affected her and her family in the past and you know she's tried to express that and get get them away from there
0: are they still there
1: some of them, yeah.
0: Think they'd let us go do an investigation? Maybe. That would be fun.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I it would be interesting to know what has happened in that house in the past, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got my uh, high-def Sony Handycam from 2007. 720, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
1: but yeah she would definitely be okay because like i said there's there's you know people don't take it seriously until it kind of happens to them but she she's very serious about like yeah maybe real maybe it may not be like even with ghost adventures she loves the show but she's like yeah i know a lot of it's probably bullshit
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah she would love she would want people to know that this kind of thing does actually happen right you know she's always like very much she's
0: probably felt alone um, yeah
1: yeah and she's very much about like be careful what you do. be careful what you say, don't bring anything with you. Mm-hmm. you know you need to keep yourself safe. yeah so something to remember for aspiring ghost hunters out there. That's right even if you don't believe in it, even if you're just doing it for grins yeah you know just be cautious absolutely.
0: All right, you can tell them what they need to know.
1: Yes. What you need to know is that we would love it if you would like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, and follow us on all your favorite social media websites.
0: Did you say fwaivwit? Wit? You said fwaivwit. Would fue-vuit. you please follow me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> follow us on all your favorite social media sites or apps and uh, podcasting apps like Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, spotify are we on spotify
0: we're on spotify yeah yeah
1: we're, we're kind of everywhere man
0: moving on up we're gonna catch joe rogan soon enough
1: <laughs>
0: all right well check out movie hal and we'll see you next week on cryptic good evening crypt keepers boom boom you might <laughs> say with wait people.